0: Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Podcast. Accelerated- we are a podcast devoted and dedicated to entrepreneurs, founders, startups, and the money people who serve them. Um, we're on all the major platforms. We are on Spotify and YouTube for video. We are on uh, Audible and Apple and Amazon and all of those uh, podcast platforms as well. We're also part of a uh, growing uh, group of listeners on Substack. I uh, want to point you there where we also have some great explanations and um, and uh, some additional material. Um, but today, I want to um, welcome to the podcast uh, Fred Carey. He is the CEO of Idea Pros. Welcome, Fred. Great to have you with us.
1: Really nice to, to meet you and to, and to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Well, you
0: know, people are excited. You can tell because they're cheering.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly.
0: So what, that's what I call a warm welcome. Investors are, you know, founders are always looking for a warm welcome. So that's our warm welcome. So, um, uh, Fred, I wanted to, um, if I if I could, um, I wanted to, um, kind of set the stage for this because you're a pretty remarkable entrepreneur. Um, you've invo- you've been involved in taking um, a couple of companies public, a couple of other companies were bought. I think you you've, you've You've run ten different companies, and that was all before Idea Pros, yeah. um, and Idea Pros is uh, you call it um, upside down or inside out venture capital. I'll let you describe that, but basically, people pay you hundred thousand dollars. You take thirty percent, so they're paying you to kind of show them the way and to guide them in a very active way. So far, you have uh, done this with um, over four hundred companies generating twenty-four million dollars in revenue and. Astonishingly so, you have plans to grow that to 4,000. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so that's pretty amazing. So first of all, um, let's start with Idea Pros, and we'll get back to so some of your background. But why do it this way? This is very different than the normal um, Accelerator or Venture Studio. It's sort of a hybrid. I, I don't even quite know how to describe it. How do you describe it, and why do it this way?
1: You know. When you look at the data, somebody had to do it this way. Uh, when you're talking about accelerators, incubators, uh, venture capital, private equity, they all really go to 5% of entrepreneurs and they don't touch the other 95% that don't fit the mold. And those 95% are people that 35 to 55 years old, they're probably working well in corporate America, middle management, upper management, uh, they hate their lives and they want to go out and, and, and change their lives, and they don't have the infrastructure to make it happen. And so when I charge people, I'm really charging people at the raw idea stage, and I'm charging people that are ready to go out and spend 150, dollars $500,000 to try to do it on their own. So when somebody works with me, we're not just giving them advice. We're doing all the heavy lifting. We're doing the the research, the development, the app development, the the naming, branding, positioning strategies, and training them to be a kick-ass entrepreneur in in the process. So while that sounds like a lot of money, it's a lot less than they're going to spend. And having a co-founder that has 200 years of collective experience is not a bad thing when you're going out for the first time on your own. So why don't we just take take that one
0: over? There are 20 of you. And what do those 20 people do?
1: There's a lot of account managers. There are executives that help guide uh, an entrepreneur through the process. And uh, and there are people that head up, for example, our naming branding team. There's other people that head up our, our research department and other people that head up the marketing side of things.
0: Okay. So what? give me an example um, or maybe a couple of examples of somebody who has come into idea pros with a pretty raw idea, a basic idea, and the process for how you help them.
1: Yeah, the the very first thing is we let them know the horrific journey ahead. You know, when you're when you're creating something out of nothing, it's almost uh uh the same way as uh watching laws being made or watching sausage being made. It's uh not very not a very pretty process. There's a lot of pivoting a lot of heartache, a lot of setbacks, and you really need to find, number one, make sure that you're in the right space, but then number two, more importantly, find that the right combination of things that give you that the product market fit that you need to, to really be able to make a difference. So that's the very first thing that we talk to them about. We also tell them it's an 18-month process for the most part, and that we're going to train them um, to, to really go out and Kick butt when when they do go live and we hand over the reins.
0: So give me um, give me an example. So give me an idea that uh, somebody came in with and and maybe some sense of what it turned into.
1: Yeah, um, well, I'll give you I'll give you uh, a well I'll give you one example because that that is just turning the lights on right now. Um, there's an app that is called Grunt and you can see it at trygrunt.com. Uh, they also have um, an in, in Instagram presence, I try, I think it's underscore grunt. And um, they came in and they basically wanted to establish some sort of service for the construction industry. He was in the construction industry and, and there were always issues with tools, parts, uh, supplies that you're on a, on a job site and you're running out of things. And you're going to have to take one or two guys and put them off the job site for a day to go and get the things that you need. And so Grunt is basically like an Uber for your construction world. And it is um, something that will save many, many hours and a lot of money uh, so that people can stay on the job and do their work, order through Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever their provider is. And Grunt drivers would just go up with their trucks. They'll pick up the supplies and they'll deliver them right, right to the site. That was a year and a half process. It's an app. And, um, you know, a year of that process is building, refining the app. They're just doing the last refinements of the app right now, and they're getting ready to go live. And this has been a really good process because when we build something, we don't build it just as, as some company that's building something for you. We're looking at it as a co-founder. So, uh, how, how do we make it interesting for people who want to be grunt drivers? And and we looked at the dynamic of people likely to have pickup trucks and likely to be looking for that side hustle. And we realized there's a whole bunch of them delivering groceries to grandma at eight o'clock at night. Kind of an embarrassing job for the real macho construction type uh, worker guy that, that would take this as a side hustle. And so we're starting to build this allure of this side hustle, just like if you remember the UPS commercials with the drivers in their shorts, right? So we're building up this similar type of persona that, you know, here's a side hustle you can actually tell your girlfriend about. And uh, and you, you you really kind of idolize the, the people that are going to be the drivers and, and take people that are already doing that type of work and giving them an opportunity to not only make more money, but to make connections because every time they go to a site, there may be an opportunity for them to get another job at that site as well. So we're taking applications from drivers all over the country, and we're going one city at a time based on how many drivers sign up for that city so that we'll already have the drivers in place. We're going to be working with Home Depot and Lowe's in every location we go to. And and so we think it's going to be a a massive success. And it just was built right, named right, positioned right, and now – just going to launch and we think it's going to do really, really well.
0: That sounds like a great idea. Grunt at trygrunt.com. So tell me this, how do you, tell me about your, your own story as an entrepreneur um, in business, um, all those companies you were involved in, did they have something in common? Was there something specific that you did that you felt you were really good at as a founder, as a CEO?
1: Yeah, there was actually. Um, What I did is I found the hole, Uh, and that's why if you look at my resume, uh, it can look a little bit schizophrenic uh, because I'm kind of all over the board. I've been in all sorts of industries, which, uh, incidentally, has helped prepare me for IdeaPros because we we have companies in 36 different verticals. Uh, But for me, I was always opportunistic. Like, what is a marketplace that is healthy? has good competition and growing, but has a major hole in it. Like what what is not being served by these customers that, that really need this solution? And I would go find that one thing, that one hole and fill it. And so therefore, I, I've had about an 80% success rate where if you're lucky, you have a one out of 10. This was an 80% success rate because of the fact that I was already going into a market that needed what I was going to offer them.
0: So you're the, you're looking for the hole, the hole in the donut. So what okay. about? I always like to talk about. I like to talk with successful entrepreneurs like yourself about the failures. Why? Why did the failures fail?
1: Well, the the biggest reason that there are failures for anybody who has done something that is good and compelling is timing. That's that's the number one thing. Uh, but. My failures, um, well, my failure was very much on timing. There was uh, one of my companies called Azure, and it was an amazing company. What we were doing was pretty incredible, and it was before phones were really as intelligent as they are. And we had a technology that you could go to all your favorite websites, take a clipping from the main part of the website that you enjoy, and put together your own page that basically – would have the news from one place, sports from another, maybe TV and another, fashion, whatever it was that you really were interested about, and our technology would update all of those feeds real time, so that when you went onto your homepage when you first logged in, it would be everything that you cared about, all there, all real time. And I could not get funding for the damn things. Um, in the in the end, it's the same type of technology, the underlying technology that's now used whenever you clip anything. Uh, on your internet, uh, through your phone or through your PC or through your Apple device. Um, any of those things, that, that's the underlying technology that made that happen. So that was a timing issue for sure, because it was... What year was that? Uh, 2001. 2000. 2000. So
0: why was the timing? It's, it's a good idea. It's still a good idea. Why was that, Why was the timing off at that time?
1: Well, because uh, everybody was panicking about the dot-com collapse. Um, investors were kind of not even wanting to know anything to do with computers uh, for a good year or so. And there was a, a lot of ashes and fires and, uh, and uh, you know, fatal accidents in the, in the dot-com world. So, Because it was something dealing with computers and, and dealing with with companies that may or may not exist in the future that it became a really hard sell.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense. And how about the other failure, not to dwell on your failures because you're a very successful guy, but I'm, I'm curious about the other one. Was that timing as well?
1: Um, you know, I think the other failure, and by the way, I'm going through a very stressful time uh, with idea pros right now. It's really relevant. So I'll talk about that as well. But the, the, other failure that that we really had turned into a major success, um, but it, but it, it started as a failure. It was a company called Boxlot. Um, we were following eBay in the in the field of auctions. Everybody wanted to be the next eBay, and we were literally only about six months behind them, and we just couldn't catch up. I mean, they just got so much attention, so much market share. It became impossible to catch them. And we literally shuttered everything down. Um, and then I thought it's time for a real major pivot because what was missing with auctions is the underlying technology to make them really happen well. You could you could bid on something, but then you have to go back and check see if anybody outbid you, bid again, and and you know nothing was automated. And so we built technology to automate that whole process. You put down your bid, you put down your maximum bid, you put down the incremental. Uh, bids that you want to take if somebody outbids you. And we've built all that. we built reverse bidding. We've built bid or buy. And uh, within 18 months, uh, we got called up to the northern <coughs> part of uh, the United States. And we sat in this big conference room. And the CEO walked into the room and said, I-, I don't negotiate. I want to buy your company. I'm going to write a number on the whiteboard. And I'll come back in five minutes. Tell me yes or no. And he gets up there and he's writing and writing and writing and writing and and he leaves and it was 125 million dollars and um, I I wondered why I had to wait five minutes to to take that <laughs> offer but <laughs> but that was but, a failure it turned into a great success
0: yeah no that's that's exciting and Fred uh, Frederick um, I also and I I do prefer Fred or Frederick Fred is fine Fred um. You, you mentioned in, in passing um, that this is a stressful time for idea pros where you're CEO. So you've, you've done really well with this company, with this concept um, of being a co-founder, of actually making founders pay to be part of your process um, and then taking a 30, you take a 30 percent, they take, I assume, the rest, 70 percent. But why right. Why the need to expand from 400 to 4,000, so dramatically. Uh, why do they need to expand so dramatically? And why is this so stressful? Why take on this stress might be a better better question.
1: Yeah. Well, if I just started over, I'm not sure that I would have. Um, but <laughs> it, it it is a, a noble venture. And the problem with noble ventures is when, uh, when people don't feel that their lives have completely changed because of your work, obviously, then. Then you are uh what you're trying to do is not valued at all but but the real stressful part of idea pros is that there's so much heavy lifting in the way that we decided to do it really really heavy lifting, not sustainable and so actually, in uh the February of this year, I stopped taking new partners and um I kind of regroup and wait is that my phone or, Years.
0: No, I'm sorry. That's uh, that is um, that is my iPad. But go ahead.
1: Oh, okay. So in in um, February of this year, we decided to, or I decided to to regroup. I stopped taking new partners, and I really started looking at what we were doing and how we could do it better because we had a hundred thousand applications. I mean, that's ten billion dollars worth of people saying they're going to give us a hundred thousand dollars, whether they were all truthful or not. If only ten percent were, that's still a billion. And, um, and I was able to serve 400 people. And so we spent the last few months now kind of restructuring what we do. How do we create a company that can help everybody, all 100,000 people? If 100,000 people reach out to me and say, hey, I want to move forward as an entrepreneur, how can we make that happen for everybody without having all the heavy lifting that we do now with the current model? And so we came out with a program. I mean, if you go to ideapros.com right now, you'll see the very first thing you'll see is a free membership and so that everybody who wants to learn more about entrepreneurship can go sign up get free content every single week that we believe is very helpful very relevant and intuitive and give you kind of the insider look on on how you should be building things out and then we build a proper sales funnel that go all the way through the process from $99 to $100,000 plus real co-founder deal so that's what's been really stressful finding a way to to make that all work. And even getting from 400 to 4,000, we restructured that flagship product as well so that there's a lot of automation, there's a lot of AI. When a new founder comes in, uh, we make them their own project manager. So we get a new employee for every new deal we get. They're in charge of it. It's color paint by by number, basically, and, and we train them along the way. So they learn not only how to be a really good entrepreneur, but they also learn the process. So when they have their second product or 10th product, they're, they're going to know the way that we think and it'll transfer to them.
0: So it strikes me, you you know, I didn't normally I would ask, I would have asked, um, are you agnostic in what you do? But I, I, I didn't even feel the need to ask that because you couldn't do what you do and not be agnostic.
1: Um, yeah.
0: But but which means that um, you're getting all kinds of different industries. I think you said over 30 verticals, I believe, right? Yes. So yeah. a gazillion verticals. Verticals. So given the breadth of these different companies and these different ideas, what do you f- find to be sort of the common factors that, um, that lead to success? And you can draw on your own experience, your own direct experience for that too. What what You've seen a lot of companies, and you've seen a lot of companies do well, and you've seen companies fail. What What's the secret sauce? What What's the wisdom you can share with us on that?
1: Let me put it this way. Um, if you were going to be the coach of some great sports team, and you didn't know the rules, you didn't know what players you were going to get, you didn't know what the opposition was like, what their strengths were, you didn't even know how long the game lasted, and you certainly did not know how to get that audience, the spectators, to turn into fans for your club. Nobody would do that. But that's what we do in entrepreneurship. We go and we march into the fire without... Any knowledge about how big that market is, how much it's growing, who the competitors are, where are their weak points, because you're going to be a little fledgling company. How can I go in there and uh, tackle these big companies by finding their weak points? How do I get those customers that are already buying from that competition and make them my loyal fans because I'm delivering what they can't deliver? We don't do any of that work. And, And therefore, the number one failure point for new startups in the United States is the founder built something that there's no demand for. And it's outrageous, that's the number one thing. It's even above not having enough capital. And and it is outrageous, and that's the one thing that we don't do. Therefore, it's also the thing that if we do do it, we will have a real good opportunity to succeed. Not only because we've done it, but because we're gonna continue doing it through the entire life cycle of our organization. We're always going to be looking ahead of us, and we're going to be looking behind us and make the pivots and changes that we need to make.
0: So does that mean that, that does that imply um, a level of research up front? In other words, uh, an entrepreneur has, has an idea, maybe it's a raw idea, maybe it's a fairly well-developed idea, but, but are you really, um, are you talking about market research? <laughs>
1: I'm talking about very comprehensive market research, yeah. Um, And and there's two elements of it. When we do it, um, and and by the way, we've we've taken 400 deals. We've had 100,000 applications. We've probably spoken to 10,000 people. Um, Others we've just said no to. Um, Not once have I had a founder come in with an idea that they plopped down a very well-investigated document in, in front of me this is the market size, this is the market growth, this is the hole in the marketplace, these are my main competitors, these are the strengths and weaknesses, this is my strategy to get to market. Not once out of 10,000 people have I ever seen that. I've seen it done, hey, I looked on Google and I don't see any competitors, uh, things like that. But we don't do that type of research. So yeah, very comprehensive, very thorough market research. And then we also do What's our first year going to look like? You know, what, it, what is our action plan? What's our strategic marketing plan going forward? What keywords are we going to use? How, how are we going to improve our SEO? What's our what's our persona going to be like? How are we going to use some guerrilla tactics to start getting downloads or start getting customers? We lay all of that out so we know what we have to do before we start. and We know what we need to do once we pull the trigger and the green light goes on.
0: But that would imply that you need to know what the product is very early, right?
1: Yeah, very early on. People, when they come to us at the idea stage, it's it's 99% of the time very product focused. I have this idea to invent this new cell phone. We've got one that's a a new smartwatch. It's really killer. Uh, I have an app that's going to do this. So it's very... Individually product focused, and then we try to build a company around that initial product, so that we can we can have a, a pipeline to product number two and product number five. But you know, it's very individually product focused.
0: Okay, so um, within the context of this product market research, product development, um, preparation of the first year, um, what when does Pivoting come in. Are you pivoting all the way through, or does it tend to be something that happens after a certain amount of time has passed?
1: Um, unfortunately, it's one of my stress points. Is we're pivoting all the time because we're bringing in data, we're seeing what's happening. For example, we could go to get close to manufacturing and find out the way we want to do it. it's going to cost too much money. People want this, but not at the price point we can achieve. How do we do it differently? What materials do we use? Um, and uh, it, it goes; it's continual flow, depending on the information that we receive.
0: Do you invest further in the companies, or do you help them get investors?
1: Yeah, in fact, uh, and on grunt that we just talked about, try grunt. Um, they they raised a half a million dollars at a five million dollar valuation, just from friends and family when they got ready to launch. And that's pretty typical with our with our companies. We train them. We we teach them how to pitch the right way. You know, the biggest mistake that we make as entrepreneurs is we want to pitch how amazing our product is and how we're going to change the world. And investors like, have you ever changed the world before? And they they don't want to hear that stuff. You know, an investor wants to hear, uh, I'm buying a financial instrument. How much am I paying for that? What am I going to get out of it? When can I sell it? How much can I sell it for? And why are you guys the ones that are going to be able to pull that off for me? You know, that that's the real focus of an investor. And if you can go in with your story, but also showing them how they're going to make a return and why they should bet on you, then you can get money from places that you didn't imagine you could get it from. So, yeah, we help. We don't throw our own money into it, but we put them in a position where they can go out and get capital.
0: And, and you've got a big event coming up September 20th where you're going to be talking to 15,000 entrepreneurs. Is, do I have that right?
1: Yeah, the it's called the Business Show and uh, it's uh, thebusinessshowus.com. It's the 20th and 21st. I'm the only person that's going to be speaking there as far as master classes, and we have five master classes a day for two days. Where Idea Pros is in booth 720, and the master classes are over at 721, so right around the corner from each other. I'll be talking from 10 to 5 both days. And if you're in the L.A. area, if you just go to thebusinessshowus.com, tickets are free and uh, just grab them and and go in there. There's a lot of opportunities for you.
0: Give us a sneak preview. What's the most important thing you're going to say?
1: Well, the most important thing I'm going to say is it's going to be at the end of the day. And what I'm going to say at the end of the day really deals with aligning your purpose with your business so that you become a purpose-driven entrepreneur that you learn how to really balance your life by doing the things that you love not that ah crap i got to go to work now to to make it something that you're really passionate about and and how to do that and how to start today but i'll also be talking about um how to pitch to anybody at any time under any type of market condition and leave with a check and i'm going to be talking about how to really start how to take your idea and your dream and how to turn that into a potential unicorn like what steps did unicorns normally take to get from their first thought to their billion dollar valuations so those are the three things I'll be focusing on
0: is it hard to find a person's purpose or meaning
1: is it hard yeah yeah it is you know i i was speaking to a woman just last week and she was talking about the fact that um that you know, my my business is really in uh, acquiring companies, building them up, and selling them. And my purpose is around my daughter, and I sit and 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 make sure she has a great life. And the business is just giving me the money. And uh, and by the way, this is a woman who coaches and is quite a celebrity, and she just thought her business had nothing to do with her purpose. And I started kind of drilling her a little bit gently, and basically said. How do you treat the employees of these new new companies? I mean, do you go in like the pretty woman movie and you know break everything apart and start selling the pieces? And she said, no, the, the very first thing I think about is the employees. When I take over a company, the very first conversation I have is with all the employees, let them know nobody's getting fired, that I'm taking a company that's not working well, and I want to grow it and make it work a lot better, and it's gonna be a lot better for all those employees. And I do that with every deal that I have. And so I said to her, "That's your purpose. Your purpose is taking broken things with broken people and making them better. And she had a jaw-dropping moment uh, and she realized that she's living her purpose all along. and I think that's the hard part about finding your purpose is you're looking for, for some exact thing instead of looking at that s- sense inside of you. what am I going to do that's going to make me contribute to the world in whatever way I can that's going to make me feel good about what I'm doing. That's your purpose.
0: I've got to tell you, um, just coincidentally, I was in the audience at um, a Broadway show called Some Like It Hot, based on the movie. Hilarious show, incredible show. But I sat next to um, somebody who is um, a preacher at a congregation in Washington. Um, he preaches to 7,000 people every week. So it's a big church. And um, I said, "What do you What do you tell him? <laughs> you know, yeah. what's what? What do you preach? Yeah. Guess, guess what he said. What purpose and meaning? Purpose yeah. and meaning. You know. So it it, it works in the pulpit. It uh, uh, hopefully it works in the incubator, the accelerator, the venture studio. It's a great. It's actually the really the only place you can start, in my opinion, and I'm sure you, I'm I'm sure you agree." Um, but yep. I, I want yeah, I, I want to remind our audience, um, you're listening to The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. We have a companion podcast, The Angel, where we talk to the money types. We're on all the major platforms. We're on YouTube and Spotify for audio and video and on Apple, Amazon, Audible, and about, I don't know, maybe 10 others uh, for podcasts. Also on Substack, look for our Substack newsletter. Um, I want to thank a terrific guest, Fred Carey. He is the CEO of IdeaPro's. He's about to take this from 400 companies to 4,000, and God knows how much in revenues. But it's, it sounds like an amazing, uh, amazing proposition. And uh, Fred, we're grateful to you for being here with us today. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Michael. Take care. I really appreciate the time.